Are you listening to me? You can't do this. It was me, Jesse. It was my fault. He didn't do anything wrong. I mean it. You can't do this. Stop, you crazy ass son of a Get out. Remember Dallas, Jesse. Welcome to Fear Me. Fear Me. You can't see me. Hi, I'm Kim. Stuart. And Scott. Welcome to another episode of the Fear Me podcast. This is episode 77. How are you guys? Lovely. And you? Fantastic. Scott is fabulous because Scott is getting ready to head out on vacation. Yes, yes, I am. Where are you going, Scott? I am going far, far, far away from anybody. But not far <laughs> enough. Okay. Yeah. Would that be uh, Louisiana? No. Okay. No, would not be Louisiana. That would be Montana. Good. Oh. That should be nice. Yeah, oh, yeah. It'll be it's going to be gorgeous and and I won't have to talk to anybody, especially for the summer. It'll be good. Except your wife's family. Yeah, but they don't talk anyway, so Yeah. <laughs> we can all sit around quietly. Perfect. Mhm. Exactly. You can go on lots of long walks by yourself. Uh-huh. They've got several breweries in the place. I'll be visiting, sampling. Actually, we set ourselves up. We did set ourselves up for a, a brewery tour out there. Oh, Sweet. how surprising. Yes, you yes. should live podcast from it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can see me walking around with my microphone, my my blue snowball <laughs> podcasting. Well, you should at least send us some pictures of the beers that you're tasting. Possibly, I will do that. Uh, signs from breweries you're going to? Anything I will that you can re- do recommend? That. I will put the beer tour on our webpage. How about that? Yeah, all right. That sounds good. That sounds cool. Mm-hmm. And if yep. any of our listeners in Montana want to meet up with Scott... <laughs> Mm -hmm. I'll be in Bozeman. There you go. Ah, that sounds sweet. Yep. (laughs) That would actually be fun. You should do a listener meetup while you're out there. (laughs) Oh, if if we have any. Vacation, for God's sake. (laughs) If we have any. (laughs) Yeah, if we got any in Montana, I'll meet up. That's fine. I'll buy him a beer. Kim, what are we drinking tonight? Because we're we're doing the same beer tonight. (sighs) All right. We are drinking... A beer that I can imagine, like, my dad would drink back in the 80s when he was mowing the lawn. Cheap beer, you know? Mm-hmm. It's emergency drinking beer. Emergency drinking beer. Nice. That's literally the name. It's out of Ab- Avondale Estates, Georgia, mm-hmm. which actually sounds like a neighborhood, like yeah. a planned community. Well, it sounds like... Um, <laughs> uh, like Leisureville? Exactly. Yes. yes. Yeah, it's from... Is it... Wild Heaven Beer? Yeah. Is that the manufacturer? That's the company. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. I, um, this is, yeah, it's only 4%. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're saying you don't really like the beer is what you're trying to that's, say. That's what I'm trying okay. to say. Okay. Long way around it. Uh, yeah, it's not that great. They got me, though, because it was a cool can, because it does say emergency drinking beer, which we will post on our on our website and Do, Facebook. What kind and of a Twitter. beer is it? I mean, is it a pilsner? Or uh, it, it, it IPA actually or? says uh, the drink of necessity, real brewed, all purpose, ready blend, ready to drink. That's it. That's pretty much. It, it says do not refill. 
Hmm. Do not reuse. Do not reuse. It's like... I don't think I will. <laughs> the kind of beer you would, you would have, like, you know, in your bunker for the end of the world. Okay. Yeah, so it's like the old generic beer. Yeah. It pretty much is. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. okay. I mean, it's all right. It was still $10 a six-pack. So, you bastards, you got me with the can. <laughs> <laughs> but it is good to have an emergency. Yeah, it would be good in an emergency, for sure. Okay. And my backup beer is my Serrano pepper beer from last week. Wow. Taking that dive again, huh? I like Oof. it. Yeah, I had one of those last night. And I, I like it a lot. We had avocado hamburgers last night. Oh, that mixed with Serrano beer. Mm, really? It's good stuff. Yeah. Oh, interesting. A little cumin, little cumin in there. Mm-hmm. All right, Scott, what you got? In light of how hot it is here, I decided to have um, Goose Island's winter ale. Oh, winter okay. ale? Because winter is coming. Winter arrived on Sunday night. I am. I am so much waiting for winter to come (laughs) so you're halfway through the year so i broke out yes i broke out a a winter ale um you know it's not my thing i i'm not big on malty beers and this is very malty beer i mean if anybody likes a malt then uh they would love this beer it's got a real good caramel finish to it yeah i mean i can imagine if i was if i wanted a malty beer that this would be a really good one to grab and i could see maybe drinking this a little bit during the winter while you're just like munching on a pile of bacon? No, no, just more like a large block of, of caramel. <laughs> caramel. Block of caramel. Maybe <laughs> some cheese added in there. <laughs> Maybe some cheese. Some heavy bread. Yeah, yeah. No, I got to give them kudos. That was, that's a, it's a pretty good beer. Pretty good beer. All right. Okay, well, we are covering Preacher, Season 2, Episode 5, Dallas. Dallas. So what y'all think? Uh, this one, this one definitely felt more like a setup episode, mainly because it's it's dealing with the backstory of uh, Tulip and Jesse. So um, I'm not as excited about this episode as I am about the one that's going to come next week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was no, it was good. I mean, to see see where they're coming from. I don't think the the backstory was quite as exciting as I thought it was when we first saw Tulip out in the cornfield and she's making a bazooka. But um, no, it was it was definitely still very entertaining, still very crazy and good. What do you think, Scott? Um, I didn't like it at all. I got to say, no. In all honesty, I thought the I thought the backstory was predictable, slow, and probably didn't need to devote a whole episode to it. I mean, they've already implied most everything they told us about. I just didn't think it was. I, I didn't think it was worthy of a whole episode. In all honesty, I mean, it really dragged for a while there when they were, you know, going through Jesse's daily routine over and over and over again. I know they were trying to beat it into us that it's a it's a mundane life he's living and so forth. But my God, please move on. And and not only that, I we still don't know what the hell Victor was. And and if I was supposed to be emotionally drawn into Victor's character, it didn't work. I didn't. I don't know who Victor is, and he wasn't around for me to care, or long enough for me to get care about whether he lived or died. Even though I knew Jesse wasn't going to kill him. No, I just thought. I just thought it wasn't uh, particularly relevant to the story, and I hated the fact that. I mean, until the last five minutes, they completely let the God story go away. That's the one I'm interested in. I'm in. I'm interested in the chase of God. That's that's the the storyline I'm interested. This other stuff. It's it's great to flesh out a character, but you don't need to flesh it out that much. So 
Kim, what did you think? I thought it was a particularly slow episode, although I can appreciate them trying to build Tulip's character and build the idea of Jesse and Tulip's relationship. I think Victor actually was sympathetic to me by the end of the episode, and especially his daughter, Allie. The part where the cowboy came in was just cringeworthy. Mm -hmm. Um, But... uh, I agree with you that (laughs) the daily grind of, like, going to the store and buying these three items over and over and over again and walking home, like, oh, my God. Like, it was like watching his hair grow longer and longer and longer as the episodes go on. So, that I don't think we needed all that. And then the friend, the junkie friend that was there was, yeah, he was just like, meh. He's just like a, a foil for them. Mm-hmm. Poor Reggie. Got his ass kicked well, for no reason. Yeah, I know. What what they even used him for was kind of like, why did they even do that? I know. Yeah, they, were, they actually drew out everything. And I don't know if it was because, I, I guess it was just to make it seem more angu- anguishing. Right. Um, but like, yeah, them dealing with Reggie. And I guess when he um, dragged Victor down. Like that whole scene where he dragged him down to torture him. Where Jesse did? Yeah, when mm-hmm. Jesse yeah, dragged him down to torture him. Like went on forever and Tulip telling him, no, you don't need to do this. I'm sorry. Don't need it. That went on forever. It did. No doubt. No doubt. And that was, and I, I guess it was somewhat dramatic effect, but it was still way too Well, long. even even the conversation that he's, that Jesse and Victor are having about, you know, why Tulip married Victor and why she left Jesse and all this kind of stuff. I was just kind of like, we know, we already know. I mean, it's not that big a deal. Jesse was a shit and she, about her losing the baby after that, after that, uh, bank robbery. And she split and went to this guy who was nice to her. Okay. We know that let's, mm-hmm. let's rush through that part and move on. And I agree. The convenience store stuff was just like, Oh, come on. They could have stopped like after maybe like, three iterations of it yeah yeah and it just kind of kept going and going kind of beating you over the head with it yep yeah this is definitely the lowest of the episodes so far this season i think i i also th- think that the one thing i enjoyed early on in this season is the the fast pace of this show right and all of a sudden we've been bogged down in new orleans for the last three episodes well this was texas but yes, you're in New Orleans. Right, right. But that's what I mean. I mean, they're still centered in that damn New Orleans thing. Now, let's go find God again, will you? Yeah. Go find the crazy characters that are out there <laughs> and so forth. Well, I mean, even though it was a slow episode, I still think it was a good episode. There were some very pretty parts to it, scenery-wise. and the Cinematography. Story... Yeah. Yeah. Character development um, with Tulip was very good. Um, I'm not really quite sure what was going on with Cassidy during this whole thing, but... Maybe we can hash that out together. But, I mean, it was still a good episode. It was just too long, too yeah. slow. Well, I think, the you know, there, there are two things that this episode, and um, which was number five and three, had in common. It was, again, like a lot of this story-building stuff, mm-hmm. which you didn't really see quite so much, I think, in the first season. Well, you know, I mean, remember, it did get a little big. but It got a little bogged down in Anvil there for a couple yeah. episodes. Remember, we talked about it at the time. When they were dealing with like the with the boyfriend Ron and whatever his name was Ronnie or whatever. oh right mm-hmm. yeah like a lot of that stuff that was right. you know really ended up being inconsequential to the whole storyline yeah but 
but here, like the third episode and this one, I think, are kind of very in line for being like the slow ones that are like trying to build up to something bigger. Right. Yeah. I mean, I figured there was, you know, based on all this stuff about Carlos and and the baby and all this kind of stuff, I figured there was something I was hoping for something more interesting in their past other than mm-hmm. they, they didn't have the baby and then they decided to be good folks for a while or try to. Okay, whatever. Well, not even that. When like when they split up and and he just left. Yeah, that was it. Mm-hmm. And then she's out of his life. Does this? You know, gets married to Victor, and then all of a sudden she's back in a violent way into his life. But there was. It seemed like there needed to be something more. Well, we still don't even know what Victor was. I mean, no, we don't. Well, do we care who Victor was? I don't at this point. I don't think at this point, but I think them, I don't think it matters. But you could you could have made him a little bit more flashy, I guess. He's just like a crime boss, like yeah. big deal. Okay, done. Moving on. Right, but I I was hoping for something more interesting. I mean, the way she talked about, oh, okay, Victor's here, you know, this kind of thing. I thought you know there was a build up to something more interesting. Yeah, I, I, sure, he's he's a crime boss. That's what he is. Well, there I are guess. hints to it. He's got a torture. Mm-hmm room right yes his um daughter to to make her happy he sends her down to the shooting gallery yep exactly so there are hints to it but yeah there's not there's definitely not enough well it's not it's not as interesting as i thought that's that's more what it is you know i i also like the fact that this show introduces us to some interesting characters and victor was anything but interesting yes and no he was a stereotypical bad guy he was definitely a bad guy, but he had his sweet spots. I mean, he sure. he definitely seemed to love Tulip. You could tell by the way he was looking at her when they were playing the board game. He definitely loves his daughter. He just has a weird way of showing it, and he's raised her in a non-conventional way. He He's not like you're a rough and tough, like I'm going to kill everybody type of crime boss. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Italian mob. Now I thought that I thought the daughter was a lot more interesting to tell you the truth. She was yes. very interesting. So I guess we'll see her next week. Yeah, just the way she reacted to the stuff was very matter-of-factly, you know. And I even loved it when when um when uh Tulip wanted him or her to go watch TV with uh what's his name? Uh, Dennis. Dennis. And she was like, "I don't want to go watch TV with him." Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. She's like a typical kid. Like, yeah. "You want to send me in there with that old man?" I don't want to go in there. Especially well, after you, thinking he was dead. You got that from last episode when she's going around trying to find someone to relate with mm-hmm. from Victor's clan. And she goes and sits with the girl and trying to you know make buddy-buddy. And the girl's like, I hope my dad kills you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, she spits on her. The girl spits on Tula. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that. You know who I also thought was interesting was Danny. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. The woman that comes to dinner. And she comes with this big briefcase full of files of all of these people that she's doing business with. And one of them happens to be her husband. I know. That was funny. I have to admit, I cracked up on that one. <laughs> Do you know what he said to me? We're not going to kill your husband. <laughs> like it's a recurring question. What did she call him? The Jew bag down south yeah. or something? Yeah. And they're, like, and they're like, no, 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 Danny. We're not doing that. We're not going to kill your husband. <laughs> so she's kind of like their crime agent. Yes. Yes. And so she was now she did mention Victor as being one of the clients at that point. Right. Was yeah, Victor trying right. to hire them? Is that what it was? Yeah. Uh, no, he wasn't yeah. trying to hire them specifically. He was just using Danny uh-huh. as 
Well, she was like an agent, right? But that's what I mean. Like, yeah, I mean, exactly. was it, the, was well, it a no, job had... for Victor or was it a job against Victor? I think it was it a was job. For... I thought it was a job against because she no. was she had files and she had his picture. She said, "Here's a, a connected guy down in New Orleans." Oh, uh, okay. Well, I thought I thought it meant that it was like go get him. Yeah, no, that's a good point though. She did have she did have a picture of him in her file, which is usually kind of the telltale th- thing about you have to go kill this guy. The indication this is your target. Oh, yeah, this well, would be your target. That's a good point. And the other two she talked about were targets, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I think she. Yeah, I think that actually, you know, I didn't really think of it at the time that much, but that's. Uh, that is an interesting little twist. So they almost were hired to go after Victor, probably. Right, mm-hmm. right. So that would be interesting to find out how Tulip got on his nice side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If she was going down there to kill him. Well, I think she, I, well, I don't think she was. I think maybe that just didn't happen. But she she went to work for Victor because, she, like he said, she was tougher than any of the guys he had. Mm-hmm. And um, I think she just fell for him then. You know, or he yeah. fell for her because um, he just was like, man, she's this is my kind of woman. She's badass. Mm-hmm. So, But Tulip almost killed Danny with that meal. Peanut butter. <laughs> the peanut butter pot, pot roast. roast. Yes. What was she thinking? <laughs> that it was hilarious disgusting. watching her like, try to cut it up. I know. So you're like, oh, you don't like it? And she was like, no, it's not for human consumption. No, the, the <laughs> yeah, the best was like, oh, was that a Jewish thing? Yeah, that's what it was. She's like, no, it's a human thing. Yes, it's a human thing. It's not fit <laughs> for consumption. <laughs> I like their interaction. Yep, yep. Yep, I love it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she was funny. That was that was funny. And she was just pissed the whole time, too. That was another reason to like her. I thought one of the best comments that she made, though, during that whole thing is when um, she was talking to Jesse and Tulip about the fact that they've left their life of crime. And she and Jesse's like, well, you know, people change. And she's like, no, no, they don't. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. So definite. Yeah. No, no, they don't. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't long after that that Tulip hooked back up with her. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, at the beginning, when um, they did that tight shot of Jesse, when he found out that she was that Tulip was married to Victor, uh-huh. and he's like all in a rage, and his like his vision is vibrating. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Didn't you think that was a really cool shot? Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. This is a great effect, and it definitely portrayed his uh, fury, no doubt, his blind fury because it was almost blurry too. Mm-hmm. So he was just he just wasn't hearing or seeing anything else, but. Kicking this guy's no, but it, that was a great scene because he's sitting there dragging Victor down, and Victor is completely surprised because he's like, "Guys, guys!" the entire time he's going down there, and they're all just standing there like they're all because stuck. he told them not to move. Yeah, but you get, but their eyes are moving. Yeah, it's like they're fully aware of what's going on. And then when they go in the torture room, and he and Jesse pulls the knife out of the torture guy that's hanging. Oh, it wasn't even a knife. The blade, whatever. It was. It was part of. Um, uh, foosball table. Yeah, that's right. It was. That's what yeah. it was. Yes. yes. <gasps> I didn't know that. Yeah, it was. It had the foosball guys on the end of it. He ends up using it later on because he oh, was spinning him around. That's what it. Yeah. I thought that was a pipe oh, was with some sort of. No, yeah. no, no, that was foosball. Oh, okay. Foosball bar. But it made that <laughs> sound. Oh, <laughs> uh, that was like, oh, I'm gonna get sick. <laughs> that is so perfect. Yeah, and then he's playing with the foosball guys like later on when he's talking to Victor I when he's trying to decide whether to kill him or not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I did like that the fact sense. that Victor referred to Jesse as asshole the whole time. 
Exactly. Because you're an asshole, asshole. It ended every sentence with asshole. That's right. <laughs> Just like testing him every second of the way, like, mm-hmm. kill me, kill me, kill me, kill me, kill me. Yeah, just just kill me. Yep. But yeah, you know, I mean, and then we spend much, much too long in this episode playing with Jesse's moral compass. Oh, back in Dallas? Yeah. Well, just, no, all throughout the whole thing. I mean, it was all, you know, Jesse's moral compass. Jesse, you know, Jesse's moral compass in the old days when he gave up being his life of crime and then Jesse's compass on what to do with Victor. And, you know, it is interesting, though, when you think about it, because, like, his his judgment now, this whole time in this episode, starting out, whether he's going to kill Victor or not, um, it's testing, you know, what he's going to do. And he is extremely brutal. Mm-hmm. You know, he had just beaten that. As Reggie got to find out. Yes. Yeah. Well, oh, no, be- before that. Well, I'm just talking about the fact that because Reggie didn't do anything, he wasn't part of anything, and yet he still kicked yeah. his ass. Yeah, but in the present, he's, like, very brutal. And then in the past, he's going through this tra- transition of getting away from the brutal. You know, he's, like, kind of, you know, whatever in his boring life, suburban life, whatever, whatnot. Uh, but he's then decides to be the preacher. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's kind of this weird uh, contrast uh-huh. in storylines because in the present, he's just trying to hold himself back from being the brutal guy again. Well, I think the fact that they lost the baby, like the baby was the thing that was going to make their life complete. And it was going to be the thing that brought them over into like the leave it to beaver type of lifestyle, mm-hmm. which he was striving so hard for. And then when they lost the baby... You know, we all saw he went into that total depression and just drinking and drugging and all that stuff. And that's where he lost it. And so when he turned to God, it was like his last ditch effort to bring it home. And that was all because he found out he inherited the church, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But he went searching to find out if he inherited that church. Yeah. So, like, he was he was wanting that. Gotcha. He wanted something from his from his dad. He wanted that church. He wanted that feeling of being home again and having a purpose in life. Cause I think he lost all purpose when that baby well, died. You, you could see like things like wearing on him the entire time, right. like the use of the Bible, you know, like, uh, they smoked up with the Bible Yeah, for the, and it's, it's just a doorstop. It's just yeah, a window, window stop, stop or you know, rolling like, papers with it. I did think, yeah. And I did think, um, tulips, insult to him pushed him over the edge when she said that it doesn't matter what you do you'll never be forgiven yeah, for what exactly. you've done totally so he became driven to fix that he still feels responsible for his dad dying mm-hmm. all those years ago and the baby dying and, and like it's all also, kinds of stuff it's a challenge well, i think he just feels guilty of his life of crime too yeah but yeah. it's it's a challenge as well mm-hmm. because i mean now and now it puts him sets him on a path of motivation to, you know, you're never going to be forgiven. So so they went through all these trials and tribulations in Dallas and Victor and all that. And the whole thing comes back to where we started out with Tulip and, and their the fact that she found out where Carlos is. Mm-hmm. And that's what started the whole thing, where we pick up with Tulip's story in the last season. Right. Because she, she shows up to find him. Right. Because she's in search of Jesse because Jesse doesn't know about Carlos yet. And she makes a bazooka and shoots down a helicopter. Yes. Don't know why she's chased by a helicopter, but... I guess it would have something to do with Victor. I don't know. 
I thought she was on the run from Victor. Yeah, you're right. Right. Yeah, because she's on the run for Victor, maybe. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, but I don't know why there would be a helicopter where she has to shoot them down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was dramatic, and it was fun. It, it was fun and dramatic. Mm-hmm. And it's probably better we don't know. <laughs> it's probably more fun and dramatic than most of the stuff that happened in this episode. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So true. So, um... So we found, we, you know, we came to the, the dilemma of Jesse trying to decide what to do with Victor. And Cassidy becomes involved with his conversations with Tulip. There was a lot of conversations with Cassidy between, with, between Tulip and between Jesse and so forth. And Cassidy said a lot. Mm-hmm. The one thing I wasn't real clear on, though, was, was Cassidy trying to set up Jesse to lose Tulip? Or was he trying some kind of psychology... To make uh, Jesse understand that he couldn't kill the guy, I was I, I wasn't quite sure because you know he states in the fact that if it were me, I wouldn't hold back. I would have killed the guy a long time ago. Okay, you're talking about the the when they are in they're in Victor's room. At yeah, that point, when, right? Je- when when Cassie had gone back to try to talk to to Jesse while Jesse right. was mulling over what to do. When he's like, oh, I'll go take care of it. Yeah. Well, I feel like that was reverse psychology. Do you? Well, the reason why I'm asking is because when it when when we find when it's finally revealed that he did not kill Victor, okay, he comes back and tells him I got him down or whatever. Cassidy says, "Oh, thank God," but he doesn't not smile about it. He looks down right. and he's like, "Oh, thank God," and he says, "I'll go tell the girl that his da- her dad's still alive," but he does not look happy. When he finally figures out that he's not he didn't just cut him down. Right. Kill him. Right. He actually cut him down. Right. Yeah, I mean, like, when the whole time that he is talking to Tulip, and she says that if Jesse kills Victor, mm-hmm. I'll never forgive him, and it's over between right. us. And Cassidy, we all, I mean, and she already says to Cassidy, I know what you want. Right. I know exactly what you want. And so, at first, I did think that it was um, reverse psychology, but the more I thought about it, I'm like, maybe Cassidy did kind of set him up. Because if if she leaves Jesse, mm-hmm. then Cassidy can move in right, and take right. her. Well, it had, it had been voiced to him by both of them that if Jesse kills him, if Jesse kills Victor, this is what Tulip said, then I'm leaving him forever. Right. Mm-hmm. And then and Jesse's re- and Cassie's response to that was, "Oh, you know that's not true." Yes, but when Jesse and, C- and Cassie are having the conversation, Jesse says, "If I kill him." She'll never come back to right, me. Right. So he knows. I mean, it has it has been stated? Okay. Then on both sides, they understand that if he gets killed, then then they're not getting back together. That's already okay. Well, look at, look thing. at it in this frame of mind because this is the thing that um that has made me kind of wonder exactly what was going on. I believe I believe Je- uh, Cassidy originally went to talk Jesse out of it. Okay, to prevent Jesse from screwing things up. But mm-hmm. Jesse ripped him up when he got there. Remember? Called him a liar and said, you know, why should I be believe- trusting you and all this kind of stuff. And all of a sudden, um, Cassidy's tactics changed. Yeah. Which, during that entire conversation, he was saying, if that guy messed around with my girl, I would treat him differently. The entire time, I was thinking, why don't you shut the hell up? Because you're the one that messed around with his girl. Right. Exactly. Because you're setting him up to kick your ass. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, up until Jesse started ripping into him, I my belief is Cassidy was going over there to stop him. But understood. But when he when Jesse ripped him up like that, he was just kind of like, 
okay, fine. I am a bad guy. So if I'm a bad guy, this is what a bad guy would do. I know, but what I'm saying, and I totally understand what you're saying, but what I'm saying is that if if you understand that you're getting ready to, well, if you understand that he's pissed off or going to be pissed off about you, somebody, getting with his woman, mm-hmm. why would you encourage that if you were the person that got like slept with his wife? I think because he fig- figures if we're going to, if you knock off Victor, then it's over between least, Jesse and... He can at least drink blood and be okay. Yeah, without, without a doubt. But I mean... Uh, Tulip laid into Cassidy too about how right. you know she to lay off, yeah, for one thing to back off and yeah. let her handle things, and that's when she said, "Well, I know exactly what you want." So he is—he's the third wheel. Mm-hmm. He's he the is. third wheel in the relationship, and um, in fact, that was kind of funny because the last episode, not this one, the one before, where he said, "Well, I'm just uh, what did he say?" He said, "I'm the um, I'm not just the Irish idiot." Right. You know, because uh-huh. he was already getting a little pissed off about being, you know, not taken seriously. Yeah. And so you're getting that a little bit more in this episode where he's getting a little fed up. I don't know. Who knows if that's going to turn into anything? I uh, I totally loved his line, though, when he sat down on the bed. And he's like looking at the sheets. He says, these sheets are slippery bastards. A couple of hundred mm-hmm. foreskins went into making these. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Brought the foreskin thing back. That was great. <laughs> I also loved when he opened up Dennis's cupboards, you know. Trying to find something for oh, the little girl, and he's like, "Wow, that's a lot of potted meat." <laughs> yes, <laughs> and some plastic forks. <laughs> well, that's a lot of potted meat. <laughs> he's awesome. Uh, very good. Cassidy did have some good lines in the mo- in the show. That's for sure. That's for so. Sure. Did Reggie have any other real need other than like? No, he was just the guy that got beat up. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He was the foil, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. I have to, I have to say, I love Jesse's look through this whole thing. With the long hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, just yeah, he's like bedhead, like every day, yes. like just like it was, it was, even though it was very repetitive and got a little annoying about him, like going to the convenience store all the time. His look was perfect. Like he looked just completely depressed and beaten down. Yeah. Was, here- he reminded me a lot of all of your friends in college. Oh, sweet! I I, yeah. I heard of one that cracked me up one day at work. I've got to, I work with a uh, a couple of people who are a couple. The one guy um, he has kind of a hairstyle like yours, Stu, which is kind of you know just kind of messy and whatever like that. But some Jesus. But some days it's a, it's even more so. And I just remember saying to saying to her saying, "Wow, Mike's Mike's looking a little tired today." She goes, "Yeah, he has my mad scientist hair today." <laughs> he did, yeah, he had mad scientist hair, but it was like, yeah, it was completely uncut and all over the place. So maybe I liked it because it reminded me of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what you it was. You're not like that. No. Trust me. So who who the hell would drink Glue Rooster American Lager? That's what we were trying to figure out. Was it glue or blue? Glue. It was blue roost. Glue. It was, it was blue. No. Glue. Go back and look. I looked. I, went I, back I looked. looked up on a couple sites and they called it Blue Roost. Mm. Glue. G-L-U. Okay. Well, you can, you can argue back and forth and keep saying the same thing over and over. It's <laughs> Blue Roost. Is what the people are because they yes there was arguments online about what it was called, totally. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh-huh. I went to a a site, uh-huh. a that site posts a site that posts 
all the fake beers from every TV show uh-huh. that has ever been on. Oh, really? Yes. Okay, it's actually, cool. if you want to go to it, it's called brookstonebeerbulletin.com. Uh-huh. They have three beers that have been on Preacher. Okay. One is, because I, I actually thought, I thought Glue Rooster, too. I was like, what the hell is that? It could be. Okay. Yeah. It's up for, it's up for argument, right. Scott. Right. Let's not have this argument. Okay. Blue Roost. Bane of Ratwater was another one. Ooh, nice. Okay. I mean, didn't see and that one. And Hard Hammer Beer. Hammer? Hard Hammer. Hardy. Hard Hammer. Hard beer. Hammer. They also had a few other ones from other shows. Uh, Jekyll Island Beer. What? Which has actually been on Dexter, Lost, Prison Break, and Rules of Attraction. The same really? beer has been on all those things. But they're saying it's a pretend beer? But it's Jekyll Island Beer. Now, do you know That's the one funny. from um, the Ricky Bobby story? No. Yes, I do. But I'm not done here. Laughing Clown. Laughing Clown. That Laughing Clown. But we had that one. But it's not Laughing Clown. That was Ass Clown. Ass Clown. Yes, right. a little different. Uh, they also had... Uh, Black Death Malt Liquor. Guess where that one was from? Uh, Breaking Bad? WKRP in Cincinnati. <laughs> nice. Wow, we went old yep. that far back for that yep. one. Long Leak Malt Liquor. What leak? Long Leak Long Leak. Malt Liquor. Malt Liquor. I don't know. Saturday Night Live. Long Leak Malt Liquor. Come okay. on, think about the name. Yep, okay. Come yep. on, people. All right. And from Repo Man, beer. Beer. <laughs> beer. That was in a lot, though. Yeah, it was, but that one was that was like the main thing because they were like, "Do you have medicine?" And there was just like bottles that said "medicine" on it. <laughs> <laughs> the generic store. Yeah, Naismith wasn't big into his sets, I guess. But yeah, I was surprised because I thought it said "Glue Rooster" too. It totally looked like that. Uh huh. Yeah, they had tons. I was like, "Oh my god!" I kept going through. And to find three of them from Preacher, I was pretty uh, impressed. Yeah. Well, they're they're definitely into the subtle stuff in the background. I'm sure they have some relevance to those names. They had a bunch from Lost, too, which I was... Really? Yeah, I yeah, guess. Yeah, they had like three or four from Lost. That's interesting. Lost, I guess, was really trying to be clever with that stuff, too. But, you know, that's one thing about Lost. It was very incredibly detailed. Yes. Yeah. Well thought out. Um, I'll tell you one thing that was a disappointment... When Jesse walks by that church and it has that sign out front. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was very benign, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I was so hoping it would be one of these funny church signs like we used to see at his church. Yeah, I wrote it down. It's, um, do not lose heart, for we reap if we do not grow weary. Yes, which makes sense because Jesse is very weary mm-hmm. and he's losing heart. Yeah. And then as soon as he gets happy again, he finds... Tulip. Right. Yeah, but it would have been funnier if it just said, like, amen. That was it. <laughs> like, something simple. <laughs> right, anything. <laughs> yeah, but at least it still has a meaning. And it's still making a reappearance. Mm-hmm. Right. The changeable signs are still in there. It's a consistent thing in the show. Well, it's funny. When you watch the videos that are on AMC.com that are the, like, behind-the-scenes things, and they show the producer talking, the sign is in the background in his mm, office. He's got yeah. it hanging there. So it's important. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they, you know they had fun with that. Oh, yeah. God, if we had fun with it, you know they did. The cowboy finally finds him again. Yes. Yes, finally. Getting back to the God story. That scene was the most gut-wrenching scene I think we've seen so far in this series. With the little girl? Simply because Allie was involved 
Mm-hmm. And I felt so bad for her because all she wanted after that long day of her dad being tortured by Jesse and the idea that he would possibly be killed by him. And having to watch TV with Dennis. Yeah, and spend <laughs> God knows how many hours with these weirdos. She comes home and all she wants to do is cuddle with her dad and read a story. And even though he reads her the newspaper. It was a great but, setup, though, because like for him to come in there and he was aiming the gun at her and he's like, ah. Oh. Come on over here, and I'll read you a story. Yeah. And then he sure jumped up, scared as shitless, though, didn't he? Yes. I thought you yeah. were that crazy preacher. Preacher. Twice he jumps up, scared shitless. Yeah. Because yeah. then all his guys are killed, and then yep. the guy comes flying through the door. I just it's so sad. I just feel bad for her, and then her dad is killed right there oh, in front of her. But you think she's dead, and she's like, "I know where the preacher is." Yeah, she's and like, she's, "I'm she's, saving my ass." Yeah. I don't feel sad for her. She's she's probably she's probably getting ready to go on a big romp now. She showed in the last episode. She's got the smarts, so she knew exactly what was going on. He didn't ask for anything; he just said preacher. But I just wonder if if he's going to kill her next episode once he's done with her. Um, I don't know. I mean, if he gets he 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 got what he wanted. He, you know, all yeah. anybody had to do was answer him. You know where the preacher is, and she said, well, "I'll take you to him." So, and knowing this guy's background, no matter how evil he is, it's the little girl. Well, that's like what I'm hoping. Daughter. That's what I'm hoping yeah. that he'll take pity on her. But he would have he would have gunned her down though. If she had not said that though. No, yeah, I well, didn't. Of think, I didn't think there was any hesitation until she said something. Right. It's just sad. Yep. But gosh, he looks evil when they go in on his face tight. Mm-hmm. It's not Ooh. so sad as as it as it is intense. Yes. Yes. Now it's intense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're waiting because that's what I'm saying. Next episode is gonna be awesome. Mm-hmm. There's they've set up a lot going in going through this one so mm-hmm. yeah and i think they're going to start progressing forward again and i'll like that scott will like that get the story moving get the story moving get back on the road my god that's a lot of potted meat on that note mister we ready for a break i think we should take a break i've got to reload some potted meat okay that just sounds that just sounds wrong not, doesn't it it does <laughs> not want to know what that means Oh, that just went so bad. Um, Anyway, we'll be back in a minute. I hope you find the key. (laughs) Oh, I gotta go drop some potted meat. All right, everybody, we're back, um, and I think we're ready to move into the hit or miss segment of our show. I'm going to let Stuart start it off this time. We always let Kim go first. But this is this is Kim's favorite thing. It is, it is. But Kim Kim's been kind of hamming and hawing about whether she wants to start, and she's off the air. She said uh, that we need to stop making her go first every time, and she's been okay. very angry about it. So we've decided that we're going to we're going to 
take her off the hook. So, Stu, take us out of the gate. All right. My hit. We're going hits first. Absolutely. My hit is um, the Bible. Okay. The symbolism of the, the Bible through this whole thing, where it's just kind of this, like I was saying before, it's kind of this doorstop that they use. Uh, but you can see that it is messing with Jesse's mind the entire time. Mm-hmm. You know, he's sitting there watching TV the entire time, but he's also watching where this Bible is moving across the room. And kind of like both Reggie and picking at a scab with him. Yeah. It, both Reggie and Tulip are, are moving around to open the window or Reggie's using the pages to roll a joint or and it's it's something that has great importance to him from his past. And, yeah, you can definitely tell it's it's. Um, Probably the one thing that he has some sort of a, a attraction to in this sullen life that he has right but now. But don't you think it? It um, that's all very true. Do you, don't you think though he's resistant to allowing that to be sentimental to him? Like he's almost trying to avoid letting that sentimental sentimentality yeah, out. Yeah, but it's it's still there. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's looking at it every time, and he were, I mean, because he's. he's really not focusing on anything else in the room other than maybe the John Wayne movies. The John Wayne movies and the Batman. But he's not even listening to Reggie talk. Does anybody listen to Reggie talk? No, but he is watching where that Bible goes. Did you quote anything that Reggie said in the show? Oh, man, why'd you do that? When he beat the shit out of him. (laughs) I don't think he said that. (laughs) I don't don't think he did it. I think he was just like... He just gurgled. Uh, something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he gurgled. And when he did beat the crap out of him, he wasn't beating the crap out of Reggie. No. He was that was what he wanted to do to Tulip. Exactly. <laughs> Reggie yes. Reggie was just point. the benefactor of a of a tulip beatdown. Yeah. Yep. Totally. Yep. 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 True. All right, Scott, you're up. Um mine mine my hit for the show was the arrival of the Saint of Killers. I mm. thought that that was fantastic way to end that episode. Um, and for me, it was just like, yes, let's get back on that train of thought. Let's let's yeah. start going back after the Saint of Killers and the God and all that stuff. Let's back on the right track. So about 45 minutes of the episode were totally wasted on you. I wouldn't say totally wasted, but it was... It was... It could have, it could have been a flashback. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't like it really intrigued me that much. I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, it just wasn't that that interesting to me, to tell you the truth. I already felt like I had a real good idea of what that was anyway. Don't get me wrong. There was stuff that was revealed that I didn't know. I'm not saying that. But how how terribly relevant was it to the story over mm-hmm. anything we already knew? You know? So, yeah, yeah, it didn't do a whole lot for me. Kim? Well, actually, before before Kim gets to go, I'm going to interrupt her. Do you think the the Cassidy stuff meant to be more dramatic than it was? I'm starting to think maybe, maybe it was. more than that it was per- portrayed? I'm, I'm starting to think maybe it was. I didn't initially, but I'm starting to think now maybe it was. Um, we'll just have to see how that plays out. But whether, you know, because Cassidy does admit to being very jealous, too. You know, mm-hmm. when, when Jesse's going through his shortfalls and stuff like that, and he says jealous, and, and that's the one Cassidy really reacts to. He's like, oh, well, yeah, yeah, I am that. Well, yeah, no, he was na- he was naming off all his issues right. that he has, I think, and, and yeah, he was, I think jealousy was one of them, and I was I was extremely surprised during that scene that uh, Cassidy was not pissed at him. Right. You know, that he didn't, he like, he didn't react to him more like, 
you're damn right. I'm going to fucking beat your ass, too. But he may have in his own way. He may have reacted to it by just saying, all right, well, fuck you, Jesse. Yeah. You know, yeah, go ahead and kill him. Nah, and it's not gonna. It's not gonna break up your your uh, relationship. Go ahead and kill him. Well, um, what, no. What I'm saying is that I, I'm surprised that that uh, Jesse didn't react to Cassidy more mm-hmm. after he said that. But Kim, I interrupted your hit, which that is, is this right. is your favorite thing. So let's exactly. Let's it hear. is. She will not admit <laughs> it, goodness. but it is her favorite thing. That's what we tell her every time. <laughs> Yes, keep telling me that. All right, my hit is the character of Tulip. Um, I think in this episode we see how much of a tragic character she is and that she wants to simply be loved and wanted by someone. Um, We already know that she, from previous episodes, that she had a very bad upbringing and that her uncle is pretty much the only person left in her life and now he's gone because Anvil blew up. And so Jesse is the only family she has. But back in the day when this whole Dallas thing happened and she lost the baby, I think that really destroyed her. And as a person going through infertility, supposedly, like it's a pretend infertility, but she lets Jesse believe that it's going on. Um, I think at first it actually was true that she couldn't get pregnant. And then it kind of broke her even more that she had everything that she wanted and she lost it and that she was never going to be able to find happiness. And that's why she eventually ditched Jesse and went back to Danny and then Victor. I just think it was it was really poignant and very sweet to see her come around and, and the very end where Jesse's like, I'm bad for you. And she's like, we're bad for each other. But they're also very good for each other because they they. They love each other so much. And I think that's kind of what she meant. She meant yeah. they were good for each other, but in a bad way. Right. But let right. me ask you this. It was very sweet. I, I mean, one one thing, it's, 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 it's been kind of bugging me, is I just don't see characters like Jesse and Tulip really giving a damn about giving a, having a child. Domesticating. You know, I mean... I, I mean, if they if they're interested in having a child, I don't think it's for the right reason. But I don't know. Well, it might not be for the right reason, but it still tears. I'm sure it would still tear you apart inside. I mean, everything they were doing is what an infertile couple does. Like uh-huh. the the minutia of having sex every night just to get pregnant. Like it becomes a job. It is and a, then, it is a terrible terrible situation. Right, and the the emotional turmoil. What? It is. (laughs) The emotional... Yeah, you're having sex, but it's not, like, exactly fun. Um, But the emotional turmoil that goes with it, like, (laughs) checking the stick every night. I have to say, they hit it on the head when they made it look not fun. I know. (laughs) They were both, like, staring at the ceiling, like, ugh. She's like, uh, and he's like, uh, 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 like, every night. uh, Yeah, that was... That was... But sitting right in the, the bathroom and like saying, "Okay, it's ready," and they check the stick and it's it's negative and it's like, "Fuck." Well, we yeah, I mean, all over again. Yeah, and and I can understand her um, lying to him in a way on that because it's like this this day to day pressure of okay, and she has no control over it, mm-hmm. and uh, neither of them have any control over it. But right. um, it's like trying to just finally get some escape. How do you even get escape from that situation, that emotional situation? You don't. 
Um, it's, you know, one person, at least in that relationship, is going to want someone to be pregnant at that, some, at that point. Well, mm-hmm. it's not going to be the guy. But... <laughs> Anyways, there's, yes, someone's going to want out of that thing at some point because it's just too much pressure. Right. And and it is good that you bring uh, Tulip up in this because it is probably one of the first episodes where we take her seriously as a person. Mm -hmm. I don't think we've really had a chance to get more than just a caricature. She's she's always been a sidekick just like uh, Cassidy has. Yep. Exactly. To Jesse in this, and now she's got a little bit more meat behind her story. So yeah. I think I think we got I think we got a glimpse of it in her reaction to finding out that Anvil blew up. Yeah, because she was so true. devastated by it compared to even Jesse and and. But that's like because she had family there. Yeah, right. that's super minute. That's minute compared to like actually getting more of her backstory. But she even talks about her uncle. Was it her uncle or dad or? It was her uncle. Her uncle. Uncle. Yeah. Drunk uncle. Yeah. But like you can you can tell where that shift happens. Like watching it a second time. The first time I couldn't really tell, but this watching it the second time, you can see where that shift happens where she's like all in to this idea of having this ideal life, this uh-huh. leave it to beaver life, like I said it before. And then after that scene with Danny when she comes to dinner and then uh what's his face? Jesse wakes up after that bender. And he comes out of his bedroom and he sees Je- uh, he sees um, Tulip holding the stool and he's like, what are you doing with that stool? And she's like, what are you doing with that beer? That's when <laughs> she obviously had just hidden the bag right. up in the... Up in the air mm, vent. In the thing. Right. Air vent, yeah. Ah, well done. I didn't even think about that. I okay. know. Really? I didn't get yeah. that until right. the second viewing. Okay. And so... Scott, of course, knows Scott, this. Scott no, I got it on the second viewing. Episode. I got it on the second viewing. It's easy on the second <laughs> So... But yeah, you can see where that transition happens to her being all in to then just being like, that's not going to work. And this is, I'm going to go back to the life that I used to know and that I'm really good at. She kind of gives up, basically. Mm-hmm. So she's just a very tragic character, and I love that we're getting to know her better. Well, good. That was a very long hit. It was. Stu, Stu give us a strikeout. I don't have like a specific strikeout and scene type thing. I just I, I didn't think the the episode like you we've said the entire time needed to be this extended. Right. You know, this could have been uh, a scene within an episode. It didn't need to be the entire episode. I don't think. Although we have brought up some great points mm-hmm. that you know the, about backstories that that are very important, especially with Tulip. I, I still don't think that we needed to spend the entire episode on this. So it was almost like a chore episode? No. You had to go through so. it to... <laughs> no, there was good stuff at the, the start uh-huh. with Victor. And uh, I think a lot of stuff was just drawn out yeah. way too long. I, it, okay, I shouldn't say it, w- it should have been a scene. This is probably half an episode uh-huh. that was drawn out over an entire episode. I agree. I mean, I could have seen... uh, I I would have liked to have seen two different storylines being looked at in this one. You could have had that going on, and then you could have had another storyline going on with with the Saint of Killers or or whatever. I don't know. Or God's disappearance, you know. No, I agree. I agree. Or you could have had the gun aficionados come back for the last half an hour. I would have been happy. They were were great. (laughs) They were great. Cassidy just talking gibberish at a gas station. Mm -hmm. Would have been perfect. Yep. You could have had just a half hour of Cassidy talking. 
That's what he, I was he say. actually could have been reading the titles off of each of the names of the potted meat. Yes, I probably would have been fine. Exactly. He could have just been telling <laughs> oh us God. everything that's in his in Dennis's cabinets, <laughs> and that's all he needed to do for the whole show. Oh my God! Fifty percent sodium. Oh, forks! So <laughs> many forks. <laughs> it would have been good. Scott, uh, my miss is a lot on the same road. I, I just the whole Jesse Tulip background story was just a, a drag slow predictable and i i don't know how much of it was particularly relevant to tell you the truth so yep kim and my miss is the scene with ali and the cowboy at the end because really? it was just so gut-wrenching i just i don't like things that involve kids like bad things oh come on except the kid came out care. the kid came out pretty sweet in that deal she like the, did, like the but exorcist? I'm... You don't like the exorcist? Oh, that freaked me out. But <laughs> we don't know what's going to happen to her next week. No. And I still just can't get over the fact that she was in the closet when her dad was brutally murdered. And she heard all of it. And all she wanted to do was just be with her dad. She already does not have a mom. Oh, yeah. I mean, she was she was definitely in fear when, when he showed up at yeah. the door. But that kid's kind of badass. And I'm going to be real interested she to see is. how she she works with the uh, Santa Killers going forward. I, I'm going to be re- really interested to see what their dynamic is like. Mm-hmm. She's a badass, but that doesn't mean that this will not haunt her for her entire life. We've never had someone who is living actually hang out with the Santa Killers. Right. This is true. Mm-hmm. You've only had the angels deal with him. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like for him to actually have someone walk with mm-hmm. him. Oh no, that'll be. I think it'll be. I think it's going to be very interesting. I want to see what's going on. Yep. 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 Kimmy, we've covered it all. I think that we can. We have. Do we have any news items for the evening? We do. Um, I would be remiss if I did not lead off with the biggest news item of the week for zombie fans, and that probably is that um, George Romero passed away on Sunday. And as we all know, he is the godfather or the father even of the zombie um, trend. Yeah, the the trend coming back. And um, without him, we would not have The Walking Dead or Fear of the Walking Dead. We would not have our podcast. All the zombie movies that are out right now would not be as influential as they have been. So... He passed away at the age of 77. He had been battling lung cancer, and it sounds like it was a pretty short battle. Also, you know, another guy that passed away this week um, was Martin Landau. Yeah, the same day. Yeah. Oh, wow. Sunday, yeah. yeah. Really? Martin Landau, yep. famous for... And he for, played Bella Lugosi. Yep. He was a lot of horror and sci-fi shows. He had a part, recurring part on... Um, uh, Oh, God, what was the thing? Fox and Mulder. Um, oh, the, the X-Files? X-Files. Yeah. Yeah. He did? Yep. What did he play on that? He played one of their informants or whatever. I can't remember. Yep. Well, yeah, so very sad day. And I wanted to read a quote from um, George Romero about zombies. He said, I have a soft spot in my heart for the zombies. They are multi-purpose. You can't really get angry at them. They have no hidden agendas. They are what they are, and I sympathize with them. Isn't that sweet? <laughs> yeah, I was surprised when I saw a picture of him and he looked exactly like Stanley. <laughs> he had the big Stanley glasses. Yeah, this the, is true, yep, yeah. Had the virtual reality and, you know, glasses. Greg Nicotero. Nicotero got his start with Romero mm-hmm. on Night of the Living Dead. 
Oh, really? Uh-huh, because he was going to go to medical school, and he, um, I think he knew Romero, and so Romero asked him to help out on the I film. I think he knows Romero's and son, doesn't he? I think, I think something He's got like some that. relationship some with connection. his son or something, I believe. And so he helped out on the film, and he became fascinated with special effects. Hmm. And he decided to drop out of medical school and go into film. Well, I'm glad it worked out for him. So Probably not the best decision at the time, but it worked out for him. I don't him. think his parents were very happy. Yeah, I don't. No, but maybe nowadays the patients would be. Who knows? You're going to be a musician. Yes. But that's why <laughs> Nicotero is so into like making sure everything is just perfect yeah. on his dead people, his walkers. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so yeah, George Romero passed away. Sad day. Mm. Filming has also resumed on season eight of The Walking Dead after the death of the stuntman John Berniker last week. Uh, we reported last week that he had died when we recorded our podcast, but it turns out he was still in the hospital at that point, and he actually died the next day. There were some rumors floating around, so we... Mm reported too early but um he actually passed away on thursday and his organs were donated and but anyways filming has resumed everything's going forward our newsroom got a little screwed up there i guess on a happier note (laughs) winter came on sunday night as well yeah that is for scott that would be happy he needs some winter yes drinking the goose ale Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and white walkers so romero would be happy the White Walkers came on Sunday night too. Maybe so. Was he was he a fan of the White Walkers? What are you talking about? Don't worry about You're it. Talking about the Game of Thrones stuff. Game of Thrones, Jesus yes, of course. Christ. Game of Thrones premiered Sunday night with 10 million viewers. Still did not surpass the Walking Dead season premiere for season seven, which was 17 million. Now I think from really? what I'm hearing, it yeah. was wow. 10, 10 million disappointed viewers. Uh, are you kidding me? Yeah, it was actually really good. I'm messing. No, it I'm was messing. fantastic. Actually, on Twitter, I think somebody said that it was uh, there were 2.4 million tweets about it really? during the show. During the oh, show? with all the hype, it had to be. Are you kidding me? My God, they've been hyping that thing up for weeks. I tweeted in my pants. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> that's just that's too much information. <laughs> I wish you would watch it, Scott. It's really good. Yeah, someday. And some of our viewers want us to recover it. You go ahead. <laughs> I don't they know. Do. It's not happening. But that's no. yes, that's it's very nice of them to ask. It's, <laughs> it's still, it is. It's I a mean, bit it's too detailed. Well, for... it's you no, know, but it's cool to have people ask that that we you know go through with our childlike minds and try to pick <laughs> apart something. Well, I mean, if if enough, I mean, if enough viewers write in that you should do it, then maybe you should. But we got to have enough viewers write in. But then we have to actually make Scott watch it, and making Scott do anything is absolutely impossible. No, no, I mean, you guys can handle those podcasts just fine. <laughs> the fact that Scott's doing any sort of podcast is a miracle. I think that sums it up right there. But... <laughs> That's just wrong. There's a lot that I want to say about <laughs> there's a lot that I want to say about Game of Thrones, but I don't want to spoil it for anybody since this is not a Game of Thrones podcast. So if anybody wants to talk to me about Game of Thrones online, you bring go ahead it. and do that. You bring it. Like I want to know your opinion about Ed Sheeran being on there. Tell me, how did you feel? Did it ruin the scene for you? Mm, minds want to know. Really? He just had a guest spot. Why would it, why would anybody have a problem with the guy? I don't know. I would never have even known who it was until you said something. Well, 
There you go. There you go. End of that story. All right. <laughs> wow. Can't wait to cover that. Um, well, next week on Preacher, Season 2, Episode 6, Sakosha. The saint corners the trio. Jesse makes a deal with the killer cowboy, and Jesse races to save Tulip and Cassidy. Mm. You know, I actually looked up this one when they first put it on IMDb, what the name of it was, and Sakosha, I believe, is like a, a Russian tank. Oh, really? What? Hmm. That's the only thing I could find on the internet about it. I kind of, I, th- I think it's a shame that they tell us that Jesse makes a deal with the killer cowboy. Why not? Why reveal yeah. that? I don't know. That's a plot twist that would be interesting. Why not just keep that quiet? On the trailer for next week, they show the cowboy and Jesse in the same room sure. together. Sure, that'd be the sneak peek. And they're talking. But we don't know if Jesse gets away from him. We don't know if right. whatever. Yeah, no, it's shame on you, AMC. You don't have to let out that much information. Come on now. I agree. I'm still excited. I'm excited. Oh, to see I am too. Very I much. think it's going to be. Much. I'm going to think it's going to be awesome. Yep. How do you make a deal with that guy? Seriously, well, the girl did. The little girl did. Yeah, but she has uh, but information like, on yeah, Preacher. I have information where Preacher Still is. All he's like, Preacher. Grunt. Preacher. Grunt. But his where deal is... is preacher. His jerky. Deal, shh. Give his, me some jerky. His deal <laughs> is he's supposed to kill the Preacher. That's right. So how can you make a deal with a guy you're supposed to kill? That's what we'll find well, out. He's about to kill him. He's about to pull the trigger. So he must say something to him. Um, and we know the voice doesn't do anything. So Jesse, right. he's a good car salesman. Hmm. So... You might notice that we did not have any listener comments tonight. Mm. If you're watching Preacher, we would love to know how you feel about the episodes so that we can read them on the air and talk about them. So go ahead and write up, write to us on Twitter or email us or whatever. Just get us your thoughts. If you're not watching Preacher, tell us why. Yeah, if you don't like it, why don't you like it? Mm-hmm. If you're not watching it at all, tell us why you're not watching it. If you're scared that we're going to read your comments on the air... We can do it anonymously. Uh-huh. It's okay. Uh-huh. Or you could say, don't read this. Yeah. We just wanted to say how much you suck. <laughs> don't read this to anybody. We just wanted to share our feelings. Share your feelings. Be open. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So. We want to hear from you one way or the other. On that note, for those of you who are listening, thank you for listening to the Fear Me podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You can download our episodes from your favorite podcasting site, and you can find us on Twitter at FearMePod, on Facebook at Facebook slash FearMePodcast, and on the web at FearMePodcast.com, and you can email us at FearMePodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Good Good night, everybody.